Hi everybody, welcome to the Ocean Riders podcast. Conversations with creatives, entrepreneurs, thinkers and dreamers who also happen to be surfers. Today's episode is a conversation with Aviv Benor. Aviv is a filmmaker and a storyteller. He's the CEO of a company called Hexa Air Cinema and he leverages on drone filmmaking and his mastery of storytelling. Aviv is from Israel, so he'll be sharing a story about growing up as a surfer in the Mediterranean, and he shares his experience in being his own boss, traveling the world, and how all his experiences have brought him to his career today. Also, Aviv gives his expert advice on the kind of gear you can start with to produce your first drone surf movie, and he also gives us insight on the editing process. So without further ado, let's listen to Aviv ben Or. And welcome to the Ocean Riders podcast. How are you? I am great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, what are you doing right now? I just came back from the beach, actually, and I am half naked. <laughs> just without my t-shirt. <laughs> and whereabouts uh, on the planet are you? Uh, I'm from Israel, Tel Aviv. Maybe to start with, for the, the listeners of the podcast, you could introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so my name is uh, Aviv, as I said. It's uh, like Tel Aviv for, uh, for beginners. <laughs> and um, I'm a 27-year-old. Mainly what I do is video storytelling. Uh, I have a small company, and we specialize in telling company stories through video. Okay. You know, yeah, storytelling is, is uh, slowly becoming a big thing. It's not something new. But you can see it rising on the marketing platforms pretty rapidly. And I think it's something that every entrepreneur, every company should be aware of how to tell their story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The great thing about having a, a business like yours is to, that you're, well, and being a business owner is I guess you get to travel wherever you want. Yeah. My, my nightmare was, was being like, I mean, I, I love my parents deeply, but my nightmare was like to be like them. They have like a nine to five job and I just, I can't see myself do that. You know, I, I believe a lot of millennials can relate. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what was your first job um, when you started out? My first job was at the supermarket. Mm-hmm. I was just, um, how do you say that? Just taking people groceries and put them in bags and give it to them. I hated that job. I think I hated all the jobs I did, but I never read them uh, up, up until now, you know, because uh, I came to, to the uh, realization that I, I never loved what I do. And I was looking slowly. I was looking for something I really love. And all those jobs I did, if it was, you know, uh, packing for people uh, telemarketing on the phone, I really hated it, <laughs> or any kind of like uh, office job essentially got me to this point where I am today and to really appreciate what I have in my hand. So I think it's a crucial step in, in going towards where you want to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every everything is a life experience and, and the more you have, the better you're prepared to, to get to the next steps. So what inspired you to create your company, Hexa Air Cinema? I started it as a aerial cinematography company. My origin is uh, I'm an actor. I was an actor for two years. 
Brilliant. Uh, I was an actor for uh, two years uh, in a children's TV show mm-hmm. here in Israel. Fantastic. And I didn't really feel like it. I mean, I didn't really feel like it's something I have a passion for. I mean, it was really fun. I was having the best time of my life. But it wasn't one of those things that uh, keep you awake at night, you know? When you have an idea, when you have something you're really passionate about, you just can't go to sleep. You have to write it down. You have to do something about it. Those are the things you really want to do. So I really was looking for that one thing. And I know it's somewhere involved in business because I, I'm really business oriented in my, my soul, I think. And so one day when we were shooting, we had this uh, amazing scene when we shot a um, horse race. And they brought, it was three to four years ago, they brought uh, aerial cinematography company who did mm-hmm. film the, the race from above. And, w- and was it was amazing. Uh, I was really inspired by that. And I, I, and I said to myself, okay, I have to have a business. I have to have a drone and, and I want to make money out of it. So I started to dig up, yeah, and, and start to looking for uh, how much it costs, what do I need to do, blah, blah, blah. And as usual, it turns out it's not that simple. Yeah. You, just, you can't just go buy a drone and start charging money for it. You have to have a license. You have to have uh, insurance. You have to have a lot of stuff. Yeah. And is that, is that in every, every country or is it particular to Israel? Or? Well, well, nowadays, nowadays it's, it's more common to have uh, a license for droning. You know, in the, in the United States, you have the FAA. Uh, in Europe, you have uh, the same thing, regulations, you have to have a license. Um, that's today. Uh, four years ago, yeah, you didn't have to have, but here in Israel, you, you had to. And it a bit, like, blew away my, uh, how do you say this, like, my, you know, my energy for for it, like, just blew off a bit because I suddenly realized that to get this license, it will take me around $5,000 and around six months, which was money I didn't have and time I didn't have at that time. So, so how, did you, how did you actually um, achieve that then? Pirately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, yeah? You just, you just, yeah, I started like small jobs, really small jobs under the radar. Um, mm-hmm. Eventually I got my, 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 uh, my license and mm-hmm. then I established my company. But at the beginning, yeah, I did like small stuff, you know, like weddings and stuff like that. Just what, yeah, what, what you can do to, to get by. Um, yeah, and then I, I went on and uh, started filming. And then I got into editing. And I really fell in love with it. You know, picking uh, a soundtrack, picking a song, theme song, and putting it all together and making a, a clip. I really loved it. And then I started filming surfing and it blew my mind i mean you know uh, there's always a dilemma because when there's when there's waves you're like am i going to surf am i going to film i don't know what to do because <laughs> <laughs> here in israel let me tell you something the waves are a rare thing uh and and when they come they're not world world quality yeah you so, just want to be in the water and make the most of it i, I get the same yeah. thing because i'm i'm on the med as well and um yeah as soon as there's waves you just have to make the most of the time and and just drop everything else so after that um i went to the to the maldives 
for uh, for two weeks vacation. Uh, was the best vacation certification I've ever had. Best way. Actually, I saw I saw your film um, of the Maldives um, on your on your Vimeo uh, account, and it just looked stunning. And what was really amazing was the fact that the soundtrack is so perfectly timed with the images. Now, do you do you choose the soundtrack before and then you edit out? Yeah, the, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, in every clip I make, it's the hardest decision. I can I can edit for like um, I don't know two days, but the the selection of the soundtrack will take me five days. I'm not joking because you you really want it to be perfect and you know you you come back home with all this all this materials you just shot and okay what where do i start what what emotion do i want to bring into the video and all those sort of stuff and once you find that magic one it's like aha moment and it's like yeah (laughs) It's, it's the best feeling ever so um so yeah so you went to the Maldives and, and sort of filmed this beautiful film and came back and or did you did that sort of spur something in you saying oh I've got to do surfing movies and this is what I this is my calling yeah so first of all it was my best surf surf trip ever uh, mm-hmm. a bit a bit crowded but still the best <laughs> best surf trip ever mm-hmm. um, so after I came back I mean I didn't really plan on making something uh, extraordinary but turned out this film brought me a lot of attention back home uh, mm-hmm. when I yeah, when I got it out and suddenly people you know uh, came to me with like hey can you uh, I need a video for my company I need stuff like that and suddenly it hit me that um, I might be good with editing as well not mm-hmm. only yeah not only filming and I said, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. And I started to do like some small jobs and small stuff and things like that. And then I asked myself, okay, what is my business? What am I doing? I need to, I, I need to have a goal. I need to have something clear in mind. And a good friend of mine who's a really good businessman as well. He helped me focus and tell me, he told me, listen, you do something that I don't see a lot of people do in videos and that is you're conveying emotions through your videos and uh, a lot of us know I mean you know uh, you sell through emotions I mean you buy when you get inspired not I mean how how do I put this like people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it yeah exactly the storytelling is the most important part yeah exactly and the storytelling is the most important stuff I mean look up I mean look at movies you can have explosions and, and best editing and best filming, but at the end of the day, if the story is not interesting, then ah, you just, you know, you lost. Totally relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I start to, uh, to to look up storytelling and video storytelling and this whole world, new world uh, emerged to me and I was like blown away with it. And I decided, you know what, this is my mission. This is what I'm going to do now video storytelling excellent excellent so did you go to a special film school or so uh, yeah not not yet uh, i'm i'm planning to going on uh, on a trip uh, to new york to new york film academy yeah to study a bit over there um but i still think that the key is not the technical stuff you learn 
but the story, like the way you tell a story, this is the most important thing. And I think it's something you, there's no course for, I mean, maybe there are courses, but you need to have this feeling about, is it a, is this a good way I'm telling a story? I mean, look, I, I I'm a big fan of uh, self-awareness. And I think, you know, I'm aware of it. I'm not a good singer. I can try and I can go and learn for, I don't know, three years, five years. I will never be as good as somebody who was born with the gift of singing. I just don't have the voice. And I feel like I have a gift for, uh, for video in some way. So if you were to give some advice to somebody who wanted to make a surf movie, what would it be? Um... First of all, ask your, yourself the question, why am I doing this? I mean, if you're doing this as a business, that's, that's a whole different thing if you're doing it for yourself and your friends, you know, because I believe most of people just want to do it to, for themselves and their friends. And if, you, in, and if this is the reason, then just have fun, you know, just sit there, have fun. I mean, at the end of the day, you want this as a reminder of uh, experience you have or something. Just make it fun. Bring inside, you know, memes or stuff like that. Whatever, just make it fun. And yeah, the soundtrack, the soundtrack is a key element to me because uh, you have to, sometimes you see people uh, putting soundtracks that are overkill. Like they're taking like an epic movie soundtrack and put it to a very calm scene. And, and that comes out as funny, you know, and unrelatable. So you always have to find this sweet spot when your audience can get related to your video. And music is the the bridge to do that if you do it correctly. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of gear are you using at the moment? I use the more professional ones like uh, Phantom 4 Pro and Inspire 2. Uh, people in the industry and hobbyists know that, know those uh, models. Uh, if you're just looking to have fun and get into it, you have uh, DJI Spark and DJI Mavic. These are the two beginner drones that are actually even better than just beginners. Really? You have, yeah, because they're bringing HD videos, really good quality, really easy to um, to control, and they range between I think three hundred to seven hundred dollars. That's okay. That's well, it's a lot of money, but it's it's like a price for surfboard kind of thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always the uh, you know. Thing you, you need to consider. Yeah, <laughs> that's really useful information. And um, and so, what were your biggest challenges at the beginning of starting up your business? Knowing what I want to do, right? Because you look at people, and you you see people who really know what they want to do, mm-hmm. and you get so jealous. <laughs> because once you really know what you want to do, and that that is it. You just go straight with it and you don't care for nothing. You just go head on. Yeah. You know, and you know, I mean, of course, there's always technical issues, but you can learn everything. I mean, everything is online. There's nothing unsolvable. Yeah. So the, the thing is, you know what you want to do. And my biggest, biggest issue with that was that I never knew. And up until now, I can, I can tell you, it's not what I'm doing. It's not 100%. Like I'm, I'm sure 100% that's what I want to want to do all my life. But my motto is always keep the wheels on moving. No, always be on the move because that way you always find new things. You always discover stuff. 
you get better at what you do. So if I go down the line five years from now and I'm not doing storytelling, I bet I'm still doing something I love. But I wouldn't get to that thing if I wouldn't do storytelling. You know, so even if you're at the supermarket right now or doing whatever, you always need to aspire yourself to do something you love. Not necessarily if it's the ultimate thing you want to do in life. Don't be, don't get worried so much with that. Just be on the move. That that thing will come to you. Yeah, that's really inspiring. I'm going to quote that. How about being actually sort of having running a business? I mean, do you get lonely sometimes? Yeah. Yeah, great question. Um, so right now I'm at the beginning. Um, still, you know, I, I consider this as the beginning. Uh, I work alone. I have freelancers. I mean, I have photographer. I have, uh, you know, uh, somebody who cast, casts uh, actors if I need, uh, somebody for the lighting, somebody for the recording. Uh, I have some editors as well. But there's no company established. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of times... It can feel a bit lonely, uh, mostly because you know you have you are the one who needs to make the decisions. There's no you're number one. Yeah. A lot of times it, it looks like it would be much easier to be number two in the company because there's always you know the the weight is always on your shoulders. Yeah, you go to friends and you know consult with them, but at the end of the day, it's on your on your shoulders. And yeah. And you, your question, yeah, it, it can feel a bit lonely. And if you're going to go that path, you need to know and you need to, you know, you need you to need be, to be ready. ready. Yeah. 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 But it's worth it. I mean, at the end of the day, the freedom is, is, is worth it. And so do you, do you manage to make um, a living to go on holiday or sort of explore new places? And So because I pivot like seven months ago for storytelling, I'm kind of changing the, uh, the customer uh, segment. So all my my uh, recent customers, you know, a lot of them are dropping because uh, I'm not doing drones anymore. I mean, it's it's still my bread and butter, you know. But I'm I'm in the process of transforming to a video storytelling company. So I'm acquiring new customers with different um, with different kind of aspects, you know. And um, yeah, at the moment, you know, uh, every October, which is my birthday, I'm going on holiday between two weeks, two or four weeks. Okay, so now to the sort of chapter on, on our common passion of surfing. How, how did you actually come out, come around to surfing in the first place? Yeah, so when I was uh, around 13 to 14 years old, it's just like, you know, when you're a teenager, there's stuff all your friends doing. You know, and uh, all of us started to do skateboarding or playing football or doing uh, playing guitar. Or so Those are stuff you're just starting to do with your friends as a group, you know. And you don't think too much. You just go with the flow. And some stuff stick with you. And surfing, I, was, uh, I remember I was at uh, soccer practice and I started surfing. And I didn't tell my parents, but... I, I skipped soccer practice to go to the to go to the beach, uh, and they didn't know about that. They were paying for something I'm not going to. And, <laughs> yeah, and and after a couple of weeks, they uh, they noticed it and and they got really mad. But I'm I'm telling this because this is was the age, this was the age I I found out about surfing. With you know, all of my friends are going to the beach and we're just surfing really small waves. But it didn't matter to me because I had so much fun. 
everything else seems like how do you say it like just didn't came close to it so soccer goodbye uh i don't know going to the to the mall with uh, with my friends goodbye whatever <laughs> everything goodbye study goodbye <laughs> just let me be at the beach and i spent like uh, i'm not kidding seven to eight hours a day at the beach oh yeah. wow and that's amazing in, in israel we have like i don't know 90 percent of the of the of the year we have sun sunlight so uh yeah that's pretty easy and you know when you start in surfing when when you start you don't really appreciate the quality or the bad quality of the waves so you don't care you know you don't really care i mean there's there's a knee knee high uh waves you just go in there and having fun that's what we had and you know as as you progress with the your level you really want to get better waves and that when the time you invest deteriorates with with the quality of the waves so you started traveling and that's what i did that the reason you went to visit uh, latin america and portugal yeah. and and asia like yeah i i don't remember the last time i i traveled abroad not for surfing <laughs> yeah like what's the reason for that i'm not going to pay for a trip if i'm not going to surf i mean what's no reason there yeah so, the number of, of places we haven't gone to yet because we just want to go surfing instead of going uh, visiting exactly, so exactly. so what's your favorite board to ride at the moment is it have you got something that you're um you're really fond of yeah i'm just looking at it it's uh it's lost mayhem it's uh round short it's leap tech technology it's this this surfboard um is so tough i surfed it in gels in in maldives and the leash broke and it went on the rocks yeah i went around the island for like a half an hour to try and grab him when i when i when i got to it nothing happened to him <laughs> it's it's an amazing material yeah so uh it's very short and fat kind of kind of board it's kind of uh, resembling uh, fish but it's like kind of a, a mix of fish and shortboard which is really nice really fast um, yeah one of the best any sort of memorable wipeouts that you'd like to share with us yeah of course of course uh, oh my god so I had this uh, the most terrifying wipeout ever in uh, Ericera in Portugal that was my first time it was 2012 my first time abroad and you know Israel we don't have big waves and the highest we get is double overhead and you know it's it's massive here in Israel so you get it once a year twice a year something like that and we got to Ericera. uh it was cold cloudy <laughs> unfighting you're in the middle of nowhere your first time at sea and there's something called monster sets and in Israel we don't have those those are sets are, that are coming from nowhere without any notice. And everybody's just shouting, outside, you know, and you see enormous waves. I think it was three to four times overhead. Yeah. That is really scary. Yeah. It wasn't surfable. It was a huge closeout. And I remember just pedaling my heart out, just pedaling towards that. To, to try and, and achieve, you know, and, and to do a duck dive. And uh, you're pedaling, you're pedaling, you're pedaling. And suddenly, 
you're realizing the lip is just going to hit you right right before you're going to the yeah and it's just like <laughs> like your life passes me no i'm kidding but <laughs> yeah so the lip hit me and i went underground i went i felt the uh the ocean bottom and thinking oh my god i'm in the middle of the ocean and i'm feeling the rocks and it's the first time i'm in uh i'm not in a, a sand bottom so it's yeah. even more stressful you know uh it was it was terrifying absolutely terrifying uh i rolled over a couple of times didn't, didn't really have orientation so suddenly i yeah I, when i felt the ground it was kind of a relief you know i pushed up and that was the first time ever i really uh hang on to my leash and try to grab you oh, know really? to, to climb, up. climb up the leash yeah, yeah, to get yeah back exactly, to the exactly. and then i you know i i, I popped out and like <laughs> shit yeah that was one of the uh, look i'm uh, i never regret those experiences as long as nothing happened to me physically or you know mentally i'm great i'm grateful for them because you in in a way you get more brave, brave and and you like okay that wasn't that bad i can you know i can surf again in those conditions and let people have this analogy to the business you know yeah, yeah exactly you have to fail a few times and then the, the last time is the right is is the good good ones so aviv what's your home spot like yeah yeah so israel is a coastline country uh, most of israel is on the coastline um so where is my home surf is at a place called uh Rishon. Uh this is my home break which is like 15 minutes from me. Israel is a very small country so everything like 30 minutes to 15 minutes away. So yeah, uh, like a classic morning would be like going on a home uh, to a home break and if the home break doesn't work you're going to see four different spots just minutes away, you know, everything. The thing is, it's a Mediterranean, and not in, if you're not in the, the winter, everything basically is the same wave. It's just a wind wave, you know, kind of... Yeah, but sometimes you get a really good uh, barrel waves. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a surprise, but it happens only in the winter. Uh, there's, there's a really good coastline, empty coastline, between Tel Aviv and uh, Herzliya. Is it's just two cities, ten minutes across, and all this gap between them have a coastline which is pretty empty most of the time. Yeah, sounds it sounds really really exotic. It's, and so, yeah. if you wanted to go surfing there, when would be the best time of the year? Well, first of all, don't make Israel your surf destination. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the most authentic advice I can give you. <laughs> but if you have connection flight and you want to surf, yeah, of course. If you're coming for pleasure, yeah, of course. Um, so the best time to surf, I would say uh, winter time, okay, October, September, um, as well as in uh, in the spring, you have good times uh, around March. And again, Israel is never really a cold country. So even if you're coming, you know, if you're coming from a cold country to Israel, for you it will always be kind of summer. Right, and do you, do you need yeah. a wetsuit in the winter, or you don't? You don't surpass the three-two. Oh wow, that sounds yeah. really, really nice. In my interviews, I like to ask questions uh, to my guests under the form of phrases that they finish. 
So here I go. So I love. I love. I love a lot of stuff. It's hard. It's, it's a hard question to answer. Uh, but but it's pretty obvious, man. I love surfing. <laughs> <laughs> I miss. I miss. Yeah. Uh, you know what I miss, man. <laughs> I miss surfing in Bali. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wish. I wish. Hmm. I wish Kelly's pool was in Israel. Oh yes, I want. I want. I want people that listening to really think about what are they doing at the moment, and if they are happy with what they're doing, and if not. Do something about it. Don't say I'm fine. That's such a good answer. I was just wondering if you um you'd like to promote anything. Well, um, if anybody who's listening having a having a company, a startup, or any venture who would like uh, market themselves in different way, you know, we have so much noise on social media these days, and to pop up. And to pop and, and, and to be different from your competitors, it's not an easy task. But mm-hmm. when you tell your story and being and you being authentic, people always relate. You know, uh, it's okay to show your flaws. It's okay to show what you're not perfect at, but also then show what you're best in. Mm-hmm. You're doing the best. Why should I pick you? What is what is the story of your business? Why you do what you do? Um, I think this is this is one of the greatest things I believe in, and this is what I do. I show why you do what you do. I'm I'm, just, I'm telling your story, um, and so if you would like to tell your story, give me a call. I would be happy to uh, talk to you. So, should we remind the um, the listeners of your your website? It's in Hebrew, but you can watch the videos still. They're in international language. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the the website is. Uh, uh, hexa.site hexa.site okay and you can follow me in Instagram uh, Aviv Ben O A V I V B E N O R uh, now because I was an actor you could you can see uh, other pages that are not me the same face the same everything but they're <laughs> not just like uh, quote unquote you know fan fan pages oh fantastic <laughs> So yeah, this Instagram and yeah, you can you can look up as well. Uh, you can look up some uh, photos I have in Unsplash if you know Unsplash. A really lovely, lovely board there. Uh, and yeah, and, and uh, that's that's kind of it, I think. Okay, well we'll put these down on the show notes on the website so that everybody can access some um, all the different uh, me- uh, means of getting hold of you. And so, what have you got any plans for the future? Or yeah, so uh, at the moment the goal is to be. Um, the best storyteller I can be. Great. Yeah, and right now it's being in doing it with video, and later on I want to do you know TED, TED talks and stuff like that. I really want to do that and go around the world and and, and you know and talk about the importance of, of uh, business storytelling. Um, and aspiring people. That's yeah. That's really great. Wonderful. Well, you've definitely inspired us on. On this conversation, it's, well, thank you ever so much. I mean, uh, thank you for coming on the show, and yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm, I'm really grateful for it.
Hey, that was a super cool talk. Such wisdom from Aviv and what an inspiring path of life from supermarket assistant to business owner. I really like the advice he gives us at the end. As someone said, find a job that makes you happy and you'll never work a day of your life again. I think that Aviv is definitely living by these words. To get in touch with Aviv, you can contact him via Instagram at Aviv Ben Or, and you can also check out his work on www.hexa.site, on YouTube and on Vimeo. The links to his work are in the show notes. Aviv has also generously created a board on Unsplash.com. Now, if you don't know about Unsplash, I'm not sponsored to tell you this, but you must have a look. There are tons of royalty-free photos to pick from. So if you fancy a beautiful photo for your social media feeds or computer wallpaper, then take a look at Aviv's profile on Unsplash. In any case, you'll find the links and details in the show notes of this episode. The Ocean Riders podcast is a weekly show released every Friday, so if you like it, please share the love and talk to your friends. If you've enjoyed the show, I'd be so happy to get a five-star review on iTunes as it will improve my ranking and help me make better content. By subscribing to my podcast, it will also get me further up the ranking. So if you like the concept and would like to hear more, please subscribe. The show notes are available on theoceanriderspodcast.com and on my profile on medium.com. Just look for The Ocean Riders Podcast, where you'll also find past episodes and extra information about me and my story. To keep in touch, you can connect to my Instagram account. You can search for the handle or the hashtag The Ocean Riders Podcast, all in one word. And if you have a story to tell or would like to connect with me, you can drop me an email at hello at theoceanriderspodcast.com. The Ocean Riders Podcast is also going to become a platform for job offers. So if you're looking for fellow surfers to join your team, please reach out and I'll mention your offer in the next episode. Massive thanks to Aviv Ben Or for being part of this project. Until next episode, take care, have fun and enjoy the waves. Ciao.